Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's anything but murder, shorty, shorty, but we've got murder. We do. We well, we can't have murder. But we have a special guest with us. That's the best part. This is Andy G. Say hi. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Andy G here from Mood for Days cast. Big shout out to all the sugar-coated murder um, podcast listeners out there around the world and in North America. Thank and, you. And a big shout out to your fans as well. All of your fans and all of our fans, all of our fans, yours and ours in Canada, because we seem to have a pretty good following, I think, thanks to you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. The, the crime podcasts out here are really popular, and yours is amazing, too. I really love enjoying listening to your guys' uh, stuff out here. Oh, thank, thank you, you so we, much. We actually just landed number 121 on Apple Charts. In Canada. In Canada. Wow. So, I mean, there's probably 122. But at least we're on the charts. (laughs) We're on a chart somewhere, and we're so happy about that. That's massive. You guys need a television show now. Oh, no. Again, faces made for radio. Right. Not for television. (laughs) And you see how technologically crazy we are, because you can only see our heads, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, we don't We've know. We've got a microphone in a box on a table. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, hey, it's, it's working for well, me to see, so it's all that matters. It definitely gives it the air of a DIY setup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing fancy here, that's for sure. No, and you've got, like, a great background on your screen. We can see posters and memorabilia. Yeah. Oh, you got us in the kitchen. Sorry. Yeah, my my background right now is uh, my favorite all-time horror character in the horror genre, Freddy Krueger. Oh, um, so there you anyone go. Anyone out there that's a Freddy Krueger fan, um, I recently purchased the Freddy Krueger collection. Like, all Halloween and all Christmas long, there was different Blu-ray collections out there and DVDs for him. And also, the Funko Pop behind me, too. Another fellow podcaster got me that for my birthday. Oh, nice! Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. If you go back to my Instagram on in uh, November, I actually did an unboxing for it too. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, Freddy Krueger. If you haven't seen it or you heard of him, just go watch it again. It never gets old. Tell everybody how they can find your podcast and how they can find you on Instagram while we have you talking about it. Yeah, so um, just go on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and just type in Mood for Days Cast. Uh, it's Mood for Days Space Cast. And uh, my Instagram handle is, let me just pull it up here because there's a lot of um, underscores in it. <laughs> so it's Mood for underscore days underscore podcast underscore. So again, it's mood four underscore days underscore podcast underscore. Oh, that's they can awesome. Find you there. Perfect. They can yeah. find you. I'm sure they can. And then are you also on, are you on any other social media? Yeah, I'm also on YouTube. Um, I'm also on uh, Buy Me a Coffee. If you want to just sponsor the show, $5, it helps out. There you go. Um, to any investment, like new equipment. Uh, maybe getting a special guest on that requires a payment of some sort. So, yeah. 
Okay. And everything is in my uh, link tree on my uh, Mood for Days podcast Instagram page. Perfect. Oh, jeez, you owe me a coat. (laughs) (laughs) So, funny, we were talking about Nightmare on Elm Street. The gentleman that played Freddy Krueger, Robert England, he had a show on the Travel Channel Channel called True Terror. Did you happen to catch that? No. Yeah, he did. I, I definitely need to go see this now. He talks about paranormal hauntings, that kind of thing. But a very good friend of ours, Andrea St. Amand, is one of the paranormal experts on that show. So you have to check it out. Wow, there we go. Yeah, I, I just brought it up. Wow. What, when did, what, oh, so this is a brand new one. It just came out back in 2020. Yes. Yes. Yeah. This is amazing. Okay, I got to definitely check this out. Yeah, so, you'll yeah, love it. So. And so you'll see our friend Andrea on there. But it's really interesting because they take old um, cases that were in the newspaper, like back in the 1800s, early 1900s, and they go through it and talk about those cases. Right. Wow. So I, that's pretty cool. And yeah. do they get to show you, is it like a reenactment of those cases? I it mean, is, yep. So it's, a, it's a little creepy. I love those. those ones creep me out. Yeah. yeah. It's a little creepy for me, but for you, it's right up your alley. Yeah, you're going to be like, this is child's play. <laughs> <laughs> what are those girls talking about? It's not scary. Yeah, the synopsis looks really interesting. Yeah. Um, it goes hidden away in the dark shadows of America's history. Our tales so terrifying. They must be true. As veteran actor and legendary horror movie icon Robert England soars new reports of yesteryear to bring viewers twisted tales ripped straight from the headlines there you can't go wait, can't wait to see that yeah. yeah you'll have to let us know what you think yeah and he's also going to be appearing on the new stranger things season four <gasps> on netflix Is he oh really wow i love that show that's awesome yeah. that's yeah, so cool that, that's one of the main reasons too i'm going to watch uh, stranger things season four because He's on it. We've been waiting now. I think it's going to be going on three years yeah. for this epic season. <laughs> it better be a good one. It better be worth the wait. It better be. It better be. And it better have more than five episodes, please. I know. Oh, yes. It better have more than only five. At least get to ten. <laughs> I agree. So, speaking of watching things, we, we've chatted a little bit with you um, about watching the documentary on Netflix about the Cecil Hotel, and I don't remember what it's called now because it just went... I think went, it's called the Cecil Hotel. No, it's called The Vanishing, Vanishing. I think. The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, so, it, yeah, you got the first um, part, right? <laughs> the second part, right? It's Crime Scene, Semicolon, The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. Yes, <laughs> yes. So that was a really interesting... Um, documentary that that we all kind of watched and so I want to kind of see what your take is on it what you thought episode by episode almost um, kind of do a deep dive on on what you thought the first episode was like it obviously they have to tell a story they have to build it and then go with it I think there was like three episodes in total yeah and um, I wanted to really check this out because I honestly didn't read any reviews didn't even know that. Um, I literally just thought it was going to be about ghost stories, and I didn't know that it was going to be related back to a Canadian missing person. Yeah. That's what freaked me out, and that's what got me to finish the three-part um, series. Yes. Yeah, I've, like the first episode, they, they don't really go into detail about um, the girl who 
the story is based off of. But this was this was my first time hearing about this hotel in Los Angeles. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. It's got quite a reputation. Well, to me, the most terrifying thing is that this girl found it online, and there's no like layering. You might not. This not in the best part of town, or don't come alone. Don't. I mean, just she. You know, I know she was looking for a cheapish place to stay, but surely there could have been something a little bit better. Well, and I mean, I, I, I just think it's horrible that when the people saw her check in by herself, this young girl traveling alone, I, I don't know, I would have been like, honey, um, you need to go somewhere else. Yeah, we're going to put you, <laughs> we're gonna get put you, you somewhere else. else. Well, what boggles my mind is like she had a whole family. Like, did not the family, I, I'm not like giving the family any bad reputation here, but wouldn't the family also do their due diligence of looking into a place for their daughter or sister that's going away that far? I mean, we would because we might <laughs> just be helicopter-type mothers, yeah. but I guess not all of them do. I mean, she was a well, no, she wasn't away at school. Was she away at school? No, I think she just was in a phase of her life that she, she was trying to find some independence, and so traveling was kind of her way to do it, and traveling to the States, which to me sends a red flag automatically because I don't think I would travel to Canada by myself, and I mean, Canada's not yeah. a dangerous place. So No, um, definitely not, like, especially the name. As soon as I heard the name, the Cecile Hotel, I'm like, this really sounds really sketchy. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> I don't know, L.A., I, I think I would have to not just read reviews, but try to figure out, like, what are what are safe places in L.A., what are not safe places. I mean, it's not like she was going to Montana. She was going to, like, L.A. It's a huge hub in the United States. It's one of our most populated cities. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't think I would travel to L.A. by myself. I wouldn't, but we've never been brave. I know a lot of people that got got that travel bug in their 20s and left. I have a friend that left and went to backpack around the world alone. Oh, She didn't go with is anybody. Is she still alive? She is. She's wow. very successful in her trip. Yeah, that's crazy. So, yeah, I don't, um, if, it, if that were my daughter or even my sister, what's that? Um, I think that I would have a huge problem with, I mean, I would just be really fearful for that person's safety, um, but I don't know. I guess hindsight's twenty twenty. Because had she checked into the Hilton, we wouldn't be having this conversation probably. Because she, you know, like well, we don't know. We don't know. No, but what I'm saying is, we wouldn't be talking about that hotel. And if True. she if she checked into a plush hotel and went missing, we wouldn't be talking about the hotel she checked into. <laughs> right. So uh, like the main attraction here was the hotel itself. Yeah, and as soon as you Google the, the stay on main hotel, like it's a two star hotel. Yeah. So right there, that's a red flag for concern. Yes. Right there, and then as you scroll down too, it goes list of deaths and violence. Now seven or eight years ago, I don't know if this information was on Google. Yeah. But straight away though. I, I, I'm sure you could have read reviews eight years ago to see what this hotel was all about. I would think so. Because it definitely so. looks like a hostel. It's a hostel. Yeah, it definitely looks like a hostel, which is very scary. I hear about people going and staying when they backpack and stuff in Europe that they go and stay in hostels. But that, you know, and that is a cheaper way to go for a lot of people. And so 
a lot of people do that. It's not something that I do. I require like privacy and a remote control and my own television and you know those things. But that's me. I'm I'm very pampered. Some people, <laughs> come on. Some people don't require those things when they travel. So I don't. I mean, I don't know. I think that definitely hindsight. That's not the place for her, but. This was very well known as the place where um, the Night Stalker had lived while he was Night Stalking. And people knew that because a couple of episodes ago, I, I covered a case where there was serial killer in Austria yeah. that got out and then actually went and stayed at the Cecil Hotel. And the reason he stayed there was because he was a huge fan of Richard Ramirez. That would be That's Jack. Awesome. Unterweger. That's Unterweger. 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 Wow. So, yeah. So, wow. I mean, and that was a while back that he did that. So, he knew that he had stayed there. So, somebody, there was publicity about it somewhere. That he, if he found that out from Austria, he had, somebody had to have been able to find that somewhere. Um, that she necessarily did the best homework. But once she was there... I don't think it would have taken me but two minutes to say this is not the place for me. I don't know. If you go on Google and look at some of the reviews from like four years ago, they're they're not that bad. Are you kidding? I'm not. It's really messed up too. And it's really deceiving, especially someone who's coming from very far away. Yeah. Like the actual photos look real, like really clean, really nice. It looks like a really and cute vintage hotel. Yeah, and I know when they were interviewing um, the couple, there was a couple from Europe that that's in the documentary, and they said, like, when you walked in, it looked all elegant. But then once you got into the elevator, yes. something wasn't right. <laughs> yes, I'm surprised they stayed as long as they did as well. I'm shocked that they stayed as long as they did. God bless them. They, they I guess... But their whole thing was they were only going to sleep there. They were not going to be there during the day. They were going to be out sightseeing. And so all they needed yeah. was a place to lay their head. But you want, So if you haven't checked out Stay on Main Hotel, go Google it. It's it's a budget hotel in downtown Los Angeles located at Super Street Main Treatment on December 20th, 1924. And it's 194 Hotel. <laughs> And the owner's Richard Bourne. Pretty crazy, yeah. So let's talk about the manager. <laughs> yes, so she seems to love this place. A little too and much. She, a little too much, yeah. She not give any bad publicity on, on this documentary about it. Not at all. As a matter of fact, I feel like she's in love with the hotel. She Which might have a relationship with it. Is, is there like a paranormal presence there that's... Giving it like she's like telling her to say these things, maybe. No, I don't think she works for for that hotel anymore. Not anymore. She's moved on, but she may work for that corporation, which is why she didn't really. Yeah. Yeah. Say about publicity, but while she was working there, I wonder if did she? I, I like I don't remember if she mentioned if she felt physical presence. I don't think she did. Everything that she talked about was like rainbows and flowers. And it was like, this is a great place and it deserves a better reputation and we're doing the best that we can. And the other thing is that um, I kind of felt like 
Well, she said she had never worked in a ho- in the hotel business before when she got hired to do this. Yeah. So she had nothing to compare it to. But, I mean, I've never worked in the hotel business either, but I don't think it would take me but a night. Right. <laughs> to say, this, this is not for me. I don't think she was even going upstairs, taking the <laughs> elevators and going to room. Right. To room I think but she sat at her desk the whole time. I did read yeah. online, though, that when Richard Ramirez stayed there between 1984 and 1995, one night after he had gone on some bloody kill, he had blood all over his clothes. He yes. came back. He took his clothes off, threw them in the dumpster, and walked up to his hotel naked. Naked. And nobody... Nobody said not, a word to him. No. That wasn't enough to raise any suspicions, to be like, oh, my gosh. It was just another day at the Cecil Hotel. Yeah. That's the crazy <laughs> wow. thing is they have crazy things that happen like that so often that they don't really blink an eye. And yeah. I think that well, is... Well, it's not. It's not open anymore. It's, it's worrisome that they, that, you know, that would happen and it's like no red flag, like, hello, there's a, we might have a problem. Didn't seem to bother anybody when it happened. No. <laughs> it would have bothered me. It would bother me, but it, that's fine. I, maybe I'm just pickier than most. I don't know, but <laughs> I would have a problem. Oh, and wasn't there like a following too in this documentary, like an actual community trying to figure out where um, yes. she went? Yes. Yeah, so they've actually I mean, done a couple of documentaries and, and um, a couple of different investigative groups have gone through there to try to figure out what happened to this girl. Some of them have been paranormal and some of them have been like crime investigators. Some of them are just people who are interested in that kind of thing and they've done a lot yeah. of research and they got really, really involved. Yeah. And then when it was kind of over and resolved then they really kind of felt lost. But I think there's still a small following Yeah, that feels like something happened other than a mental break. Yeah. So. And that they feel like that, you know, they that there was definitely foul play and they're, they've been trying to prove it in a lot of different ways. But I don't think anybody that is in authority is really willing to revisit it. No, I mean, I, I felt like it was resolved. Do you? I, I do. I don't. I, don't, I feel very unresolved with it. You do? Yeah. I, I yeah, so since the, um, since the, like, after the fact that this series um, debuted on Netflix, the LAPD actually told TMZ that since the crime scene vanishing at the Cecile Hotel started streaming, the LAPD's 24-7 hotline's been rigging off the hook with tips. <laughs> they were told that most of the tips were connecting the hotel's haunted past to the unsolved mystery of how Lamb ended up dead in a rooftop water tank. Wow. Yeah, so I, I think that there are a lot of people that feel unresolved with how it all ended, at least on the documentary. So I think there are people out there that still really want the case reopened and they really want a deeper look at what might have happened. Yeah, and, and this um, documentary too, sorry we, we spoiled it, but go take a watch if you haven't seen it. Yeah. It doesn't give you clues though as... To how where she even ended up in. It always left you on the edge of your seat. Yes. It really did. And and I just think the explanation of where she ended up and the explanation of how she was found, I think if that just that right there, those two little things, if you just book in those two things, I think there's a lot more there that the documentary didn't cover. I don't know if, if there's more to the case files or not. I definitely yeah, well, what boggles my mind, too, is, okay, so they did show us the footage of her in the elevator um, more than once. Yes. 
Um, so they didn't, what they didn't tell us though is like, what we don't know is when did this start happening to her and right. when she was in the elevator, but I think it was episode two, maybe as they got deeper into the story Yes, where we could only see her looking outside the elevator and we could not see anything else. Like what, who, like then their theories are, maybe there was a person outside the elevator. And so also, it's hard to it's hard to tell from that footage how long was she in the elevator, how long after she was in the elevator was was I mean I know that was the last time she was seen on camera, but like how long did it take before the the end of the resolution part was it a day was it a week was it three hours like how long was she in the elevator and I think it's very difficult to tell. Oh yeah, and 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 that's the thing too. We don't know who or what and when like that that hotel like what type of people are they even letting in yeah oh i think that they're letting in just about anybody that wants to come in yeah and they they do house a lot of people um they did house a lot of residents from skid row and from that homeless community in the cecil hotel as a matter of fact i think it still houses some people there they've not closed that part of it so th- this is something new too that I, i'm finding out too so there's um saying that this is not an old article at all this is pretty new uh february 16 2021 oh wow so this is new news they're saying that tragically Alyssa was later found in a water tank on the hotel roof with her death group as an accidental drowning yeah Alyssa's bipolar disorder was found to be a significant factor so that was another huge factor where, again, LAPD is saying it's not a consp- like conspiracy theory. They're directing it to her bipolar disorder. And also, I, I'm not too sure what this is all about. Um, the article goes on to say, factors surrounding the 21-year-old's death that to this day remain unexplainable, including the connection to the tuberculosis outbreak which was taking place in and around the hotel at the same time Alicia witnessing right Uh, and I don't know are they trying to say that she had contracted tuberculosis and that played into her death like that's a weird statement to put out that is a really weird statement and and that's a thing too they played it off where it was an accidental mistake when the LAPD first brought the dogs to sniff they fully missed the water tank. Right. Not only that, but according to them, the water tank was closed. But according to the guy that found her, the water tank was open. So what happened? How did yeah. it go from closed yeah. to open? And so I can understand if that's closed. It's a steel door. And so if it's closed and she's in water, I get that a cadaver dog would miss that because it is, You, I don't think you can sniff anything through steel. I know they can. They can sniff doors. Trunks. Well, but that's, you've got ventilation and stuff. You've got cracks and you've got ventilation where you don't have, this is a sealed tank. I don't believe it was sealed though. There was a flat, a door that lifted up at the top of it. So it was not sealed. It wasn't sealed, but it was closed. Right. Like a car door would be closed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, it's just weird that the cadaver dogs would miss it. But then, I don't know, because it, it makes me feel like there was a window between the cadaver dogs and when she was found that maybe that's when she got placed in there. And maybe she wasn't in there when they when the dogs were looking for her. 
Yeah, yeah, and then there's other theories going around too, which is really stupid, I think, though. (laughs) Some theories are suggesting that too was a biological weapon sent to L.A., but had been silenced for knowing too much about the outbreak in the Netflix doc. That's weird. Oh, like they sent her with the tuberculosis virus. So maybe she was carrying the tuberculosis virus with her. What, what, they're going to clean out Skid Row? I mean, hello? I don't know. Maybe she was the the COVID person. Maybe she's the one that started COVID. (laughs) Also, the thing, too, about this hotel is crazy how they were naming it different... um, Different level names. Yeah, I agree. And it looks so squished and looks so tiny. And as they're doing the wide shots in the documentary, it looks big. It's huge. It's huge. It's, yeah. it's big enough that there's really a front part and a back part. And the back part is the one that's kind of that's kind of sketchy. But the front part supposedly is more tailored to like the business clientele. And they want to take the front part and turn it into this four-star hotel in the back part and make it low-income housing. Well, that's so, right. So there's a law, there's a law in LA that you can't, once you put the homeless population in housing, you can't evict them. So they can't do anything with that back part where they house them. They can't get, they can't make them leave. You can't, it's a code now that you can't just evict them so that you can upgrade your property. So that's why they're kind of at a loss for what to do. But who is going to approve the zoning for a four-star front and a skid row back? Like, that is... Exactly. Yeah. You talk about the ultimate hotel mullet. Listen, That's scary. If you've got uh, money, you can pretty much get anything done. I guess. I guess. So, it'll be interesting so to see if anything, if anything happens to that building. I would be really shocked, especially with so much um, controversy swirling around this case. Right. I don't know. Maybe they're just hoping for some more out-of-country clientele that don't really no, there are people do that, their homework. That, I don't that know. Would, would love to go stay there just for the mystery of it. Well, I know that um, they've had a couple of paranormal groups that have gone in there and, and investigated and yes. stayed the night and all this kind of stuff. I have no desire to be anywhere near it. Gosh, no. We're good. <laughs> I'm, I think I'm fine. Also, did you know, did you watch, do you ever watch American Horror Story? I watched the first five seasons of that. All right, so the fifth season was called Hotel. Yes. Loosely yeah. based on the Cecil Hotel. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. I had no idea, too. You need to go back and rewatch it. I'm too scared. Goodness, I really have to go back and rewatch that now. <laughs> yeah, it had to do with Vampire Sisters or something, but where they stayed with all the murders and the druggies and everything else. That hotel was based on, on the, the Cecil. Cecil. Yeah. Wow. I remember now. I watched the first. I think I ended up finishing season five. And um, I remember, like, they were in the hotel and so many crazy scenes were happening throughout the season. Right. It would be interesting to watch that and watch the Cecil Hotel documentary again while you're kind of going back and forth and to see if you can pick out some real similarities in what it looked like and, you know, yeah. what the kind of the layout of it to see if it was similar. That'd be interesting. It was. I remember it being very spooky on American Horror Story. Oh, right. was it? Well, wow. The, yeah, yeah, the rooms are really yeah. small. Yeah, it looks I, like the rooms are teeny and there yeah. there's not much to them. Yeah, like now the internet is starting to get on the uh, tuberculosis debate. Even Reddit is saying things about um, theories on the tuberculosis and 
the, how she was brought to Ali as a biological weapon. So I'm wondering, did her autopsy show that she had tuberculosis? Where is this coming from? Yeah, I don't know where that's, that's all a good coming question. from. Yeah, because once you have tuberculosis, I think you get a specific scarring that's there that you can tell you've been exposed to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, LA, and, and another thing was crazy, too, about, about it, too. There were so many during hours and hours of tape, especially yes. when they were showing the elevator. It was over, like, 100 hours, and they still don't know. Like, they have no idea. Yeah, I, and I saw um, in that documentary, in one of the scenes, they talk about how there was a possibility of somebody being outside of the elevator. And as she is yeah. leaving and turning around the corner, right in the bottom part of the frame, they showed what they thought was the shadow of the back of somebody's foot that yeah. possibly was there. But I could see that, that they could that would be maybe construed as that, but I'm not sure that I really bought into it. I think, like, again, uh, maybe it was, um, it could have been schizophrenia. I don't know. It could have been. Know, maybe, we don't know. Yeah, and that's that's what's really sad. I hope that yeah. um, maybe she will, in the afterlife, come back to one of her loved ones or come back to somebody who speaks to people on the other side that, and maybe she'll give us their, her story and f figure out what happened to her because I think it's really... And then it would be nice if those people would let us know. If they could just give us a call or send us a text or just an email, whatever they could do to just let us know. But I just think it's sad for any family to just... Ha it's got to seem so unresolved that they just don't know what happened. And they just can't. they just can't go back and say... First, she went to breakfast, and then she went to the park, and then, like, there's nothing. It's just so erratic. It's, it's, it still boggles my mind. Me too. How it's still unsolved with, even with all the technology we have today. Yes. We still don't know if it was paranormal, if a person was there, if she had the strength to even lift up the water tank. I know because she was a little girl. She was not. Yeah, she didn't look yeah. like somebody that was a that would be like real strong. You know, I don't know how heavy that door is. So, uh, like, this was a four part series, and there's and like I don't know how they say it wasn't isn't exactly haunted. To me, it was haunted. I feel yeah. like there's yeah. definitely some haunting there. <laughs> there's some bad juju in that place. Yeah. That's for sure. I'm, I'm just going through here. So, yeah, like, yeah, you did say Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez, resided on the seal during the horrific killing spree in the summer of 1985. Is, is he still alive today? No, oh, no, he died in 2013. Oh, he's dead. So maybe he's haunting that place. Maybe he's haunting that place, too. That's what I'm trying to figure out here. Did he kill people in that hotel or... I don't think was that he, he I don't think any of her, murders? he lived there while he was doing the killing, but I don't think he killed anybody at the hotel. Okay. That is, that would be something else then. That, so, like, that would open up a whole new theory if that was the case. So the Austrian guy, the Austrian Unterwuger, whatever his <laughs> name was, Unterwieger. Jack. <laughs> Jack. He actually killed in the hotel. He lured his victims to his room in the hotel where he killed them. So there was wow. definitely murder. There were three different women that he murdered in that hotel, in his room. Wow. 
So I'm not yeah. sure what room number he had, but it would be interesting to try to figure out what room number he stayed in to see if it was anywhere related to where um, this young girl stayed. And another interesting thing that I thought of too, you don't know, so we don't know who the people are exactly staying or living in that hotel. They could also be bringing in like evil spirits. Absolutely. Yes, and and I know that they interviewed the one couple from the UK that talked about staying there. I've never seen I've never seen anybody else that was interviewed that was staying there at the same time as Alyssa. But you know they were willing to come on and say, "Yeah, we were there during that time because they were drinking that nasty water where she was in the water," and they admitted to that. But I've never seen anybody else. Was the hotel not full? Was that where? I mean, surely there were other people that were there that that are yeah. probably not willing to admit they were staying there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'd admit it. <laughs> I'd be like, nope, no, I wasn't there. I, I wasn't there. I wasn't there. Not me. So. Well, and that's the thing. They don't want anything coming back to their name. Yeah. So that's why they won't admit it that they were staying during the time of the of the murder case. Right. So, I agree. But I I still want to know. Like I still want to know this idea. How did the LAPD miss it? Yeah, like, I don't know. They didn't think of checking the water tanks because they, they were up on the roof. That would be the first place I would look on a roof. Any kind yeah. of a tank, any tank, anything that you could hide a body in, yeah. anything. I would be checking that. I wouldn't just be walking around the flat roof like, oh, there's nobody yeah. here because, of course, there's nobody there. It's out in the open. Exactly. So <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't know what their procedure was right there. I guess maybe they were just relying on the dog, but I would have been opening every door, every hatch, every crack, everything. Yeah, me too. So they... while, while I was watching it too, like while they were showing the footage of her in the elevator, I think at one point too, she went to a window. Um, Did she go to a window of some sort? They showed the window where she would have gone out onto the roof. The the team that shot the documentary walked out to the end of the hallway where it was a window, not a door, that you had to open and go through to get out onto the roof. So they did show that window. But, okay. But yeah. I don't think they yeah, ever showed her. that. Like, there was no footage of her at that window. I, I'm just trying to think here, too, again. When she's looking out both ways, to me... To me, I feel like it was a spirit. I don't know. I feel like there was was some, she was hearing something and she was trying to figure out where it was coming from. Not that there was a person, because if you hear a person, you know where their, their voice is. But if it's what they call a disembodied voice, then it's hard to figure out where it's coming from. And so I think that's what she was doing is looking back and forth to try to figure out. And then it scared her because there was nobody there. So that's kind of what it looked like to me. And then why she pushed all those buttons is beyond me. Yeah, that's another scary thought. Right. Like if I'm trying to get away from a disembodied voice, the last thing I'm going to want to do is stop on every floor. Well, I think she was pushing buttons to get the doors to close. The doors wouldn't close. Right. But one of the buttons she was pushing was to keep the doors open, but she didn't realize. She didn't realize what she she was doing. She was just hitting buttons like, get me out of here. And here's the other thing. Why have a camera in your elevator, but not in any of your hallways? Yeah. That's yeah. Kind of weird. Yeah. Isn't that, that, isn't that weird? Like, what's the point? What's the point of having it in that teeny tiny little space that just goes up and down, but not in the hallways? I don't know. So, Because I think most hotels have it in the hallways and in the elevator. Right. So then that goes back to point A of the, whoever owns the hotels and who's ever, like, 
the property management there, why don't you have cameras in the hotel? I agree. I agree. I just think it was kind of sketchy. Is there some connection that they know? Like, I wonder what they would have to say. Like, yeah, I would like for I would like to hear from somebody besides the the lady manager that seems to be (laughs) in some type of a romantic relationship with the hotel. I would like to hear from maybe a different clerk. Was there a different clerk working? A night clerk? A day clerk? Any kind of a clerk? They think she's the she might be the only one that was willing to talk because it's gotten so much publicity. Well, that's true. She may be the only one who would put herself out there. Who's willing to admit she worked you know, there. Right. You know what's really weird, too? When you Google it, it doesn't give you a phone number. <laughs> that's because they probably have gotten a lot of phone calls from people. I'm sure they've had to take it down. Yeah. So, but There's how do you make a reservation? Online. <laughs> I guess you go online and make the reservation? Yeah. But... That is creepy. That, that's creepy to me. That's creepy. Yeah, that is really creepy. And even then, uh, how, how, how come, is this place, uh, I'm going to go, wait, how do you even make a reservation? Because I'm trying to go on the website and I can't. I thought, I thought it was closed. I think the hotel part of it is closed. Is it, the only thing oh. that's open now is the is just the residency part of it. Okay, okay. Right. Okay. Because I think they were trying to sell it or redevelop it. Yeah, yeah. So, and maybe, but if it were me, I would take the phone, I would take my phone number away. Why am I able to compare prices for? (laughs) (laughs) They they have prices? (laughs) Yeah, there's a, right on Google, it's showing me compare prices. Why would it allow me to even see that? I don't know, because I can tell you at this point, it should say, how much are we willing to pay you to come stay here? Exactly. And then it says contact this property for rates and availabilities. Oh my gosh. And I just select free cancellation only. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah, this is strange. Really strange. That's really weird. I tell you what, don't type in your personal information in anything. They might come get you. Yeah. I, I actually wanted to call them, and they don't have a phone number there. I'm sure they don't. They've probably gotten so many phone calls that they are done getting. They're done. They they probably yeah. don't want to talk to another soul. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. it was a really really good documentary. Like this leads me back to um that other documentary I watched uh, back in 2020 when we were in the summertime or or um, last spring. It was called um, I Don't Eat Cats or I. I oh. I couldn't watch that. I read that it's really difficult to see, and I was scared because if if he, I think they show him hurting animals, don't they? Yeah, at the very uh, beginning they do. Yeah, I can't. I so, can't do that. I'm I'm such an animal lover. There's no way I could watch that and not be scarred for life. That one was really messed up too, and because he like for him. To do what he did, he created a whole community by himself, and he was pretending to um, create people online and actually comment on his own posts. That is oh, amazing. Famous, oh. and then again too, like he killed an innocent person. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, that and is crazy, and I, he did it so he could be famous, right? Yeah, yeah, he was. That's a nut, it. That's nut the job. only reason. Just to be yeah, famous. he was. I mean, he's. He's really cuckoo. He sent sent one of the body parts to um, the Canadian government's headquarters. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he was horrible. I mean, that guy, I hope they have him way down in a hole somewhere. 
Because yeah, he's they found him in um, all the way in Paris. I think it was in France or Germany, one of those European countries, which was pretty nuts. They had a world. They had a warrant out for him, and one of the people in the coffee shop, they were scared, and this, and they went outside and they had to call because wow. they didn't know this guy was going to kill him. That is so crazy, and it's crazy yeah. that he that he was able to get out of the country and go across to Europe and get over there before anybody caught him. So, and thank yeah, God for thank God for a, people that pay attention to true crime because they're, yeah, <laughs> they're the ones yeah. that are on the lookout for people like that. That was insane. That was crazy. Wow. There, even then, there was a whole community too about uh, who is the guy um, hurting these cats on in a YouTube video. The one person, too, was all the way from America. Really? Who started this community, I think, in Las Vegas oh. yeah, to find him. Because oh. they didn't know where he was located. They didn't even know he was in Montreal. He was just, he came, he he was just posting it. So it. Yeah. Ugh. Did he kill people, too? He, he did kill a per- one did he kill person. I think. One person. Maybe one or two, and he killed the cat or as well. Oh, he was torturing animals oh, like and videotaping it. It was hard. He was... He was sick, yeah. and I, I never watched that one because I had read that it was really difficult to take. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> and I'm just like, i got to stay away from yeah. that one. <laughs> Even though we have a true crime podcast, there's just certain places where i got to draw the line. Yeah, we're wimps. <laughs> we're, we're, we're really kind of wimpy yeah. when it comes to that stuff. It's I don't F with cats. That's what it's called. Yes. Oh, that's I don't F it. with cats. Yes, that's right. Oh, gosh, that was scary. Yeah. That, that documentary, too, you don't really know where it's leading. Good job about, like, starting it off with him, um, portraying him as a, as a cat killer, and then it goes on to, like, how he was so crazy to get to where he was at. And imagine, like, sitting at that uh, hotel, like, you're just outside in the front, and after he committed the murder, he just walked outside like everything was normal. Oh. And you're the person just having a smoke. And a murderer just walked right by you. Oh that's gotta do. That's, that's gotta mess with your life for, yeah. with your head forever. Yeah. Yeah, I would. Like be. if I saw that footage on that, if I was there and I saw myself standing, I would have been. I would be freaked out right now. To be yeah. that close to somebody that was that evil, and you just didn't even know it. You just don't know who's ever walking out of a hotel. <laughs> you don't know who's walking out of any in the right. grocery store. Like you have no idea, and you don't know who's in your neighborhood. You don't know your neighbors. You don't know your family members. Like you don't know. They're just people that you don't know, even though you think you know. I can't imagine. Well, here in uh, Toronto, it was crazy. Just um, a couple of weeks ago, it was a quiet neighborhood, quiet family. After the reporters uh, went door to door, um, were like talking and interviewing people in the neighborhood. The husband, they had four kids, and the husband murdered the wife. <gasps> it was a quiet, like like we were just talking about, like you don't know who your neighbors yeah. are either. Yeah, oh, right. Because you think they're all quiet. Yes. You know, you you see them, but you don't talk to them. And then the people that the the reporters were interviewing, they were saying just that. Like we thought they were like nice yes. family. No. They were so quiet. They looked normal to everybody, and yet. And the right. husband ended up killing the wife. Wow. Yeah, that's really kids. sad. This just happened in Toronto. Oh, wow. did it? Like a month ago or something, yeah. Oh, wow. I have to look for those news articles and read that. Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. 
crazy right. because you don't you really don't know your neighbors no. you do you always see that oh he just seemed like such a nice person or <laughs> he seemed like such a nice dad and you know find out that he killed his whole family it's yeah. it's senseless yeah. so that was that other documentary too i maybe we spoke about it i don't know if we did um where the other documentary oh. it was about the guy who the guy in colorado I, yeah, the guy in Colorado. That's another one. Chris too. Watts. That's his name, and he killed yeah. his wife and his his pregnant wife and his two baby girls. Yeah, and put their bodies in a oil tank. Yeah, put day? put the two girls oh, in an oil stop. tank. There's a couple of different things that creeped me out. The first thing is that when he drove the mom's body out to that oil field to bury her, those two little girls were in his back seat still alive. He went out and buried their mom and came back and one by one killed them methodically. Even the little girl said, no, daddy. I mean, she watched him kill her sister and then she had to have known she was next, even though she was so small, so little. But how diabolical can you be? And then the, when you watch the documentary, he comes in when he comes home from work and the neighbors at his house and you see him standing next to the um, TV. If you go back and watch what's on that television, it is actually um, an advertisement for pre- some kind of pregnancy. And it ta- it shows like the fetus of a baby inside the mom's womb and everything. It's almost like the universe is screaming for right. that television. I'm here. It's almost like that woman is like screaming, saying he did something. He did something. Yeah. And it was crazy. And thank God that neighbor said he ain't acting right. Like this guy never does the things that he's been doing. He never does it. And he's not acting the, the way that we know him to act. Something is up. Yeah. But I mean, that guy diabolical and his girlfriend, you know, there's a lot of discussion on what her culpability in any of this was. Like, did she know that he was doing it? Did she encourage him to do it? What was her? So she had said that she was going to change her name and move away. But people have posted pictures. She's still living in the town where she lived this whole time. She's not moved away. And she is, I think she changed her last name, but she's not done anything to hide her identity physically. And she still lives in the same town. Wow. So it's just weird. Wow. Like if that were me, I think I, I think I'd move to a different country. It would, it yeah. would disturb yeah. me so much. Yeah. That I think I would have to go to a. I would I have to. I certainly would never date again. I would never I would date. Never date. Never. Like, no. 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 I would. I wouldn't even want to date the opposite sex. Like at that point, I would not trust anybody. <laughs> See, I wouldn't even like want to swing for the other team. No. Like at that point, I can't Nobody. trust anybody. No. No. So I, I just I don't know, but she's. I think she's. She's just living her life. Somebody posted pictures of her skiing, like on a ski vacation or something. And I'm just like, I don't know how I would be able to sleep at night. Even if she knew nothing about it, which she said she didn't, she didn't know he was going to do it. She didn't encourage him. She didn't know he had done it, but you know, now, and I just don't know how I would ever be able to, I don't know. People go on with their lives in many different ways, but I just don't think I could stay in the same town and just keep living my life. Maybe she's got her yeah. own therapist. 
Maybe she has a really, really good therapist. That's true. I would have to have several of them yeah, on, on call at all times. I'd be FaceTiming with a team of therapists every day to get me through it. But but he actually, he's had some trouble in prison, and he actually um, went to court, and he filed a, a complaint because somebody had beat him up in prison, and he didn't, he wanted protection or something in prison. And I just, I'm like, you've got a lot of, Nerve, like what kind is on this guy? He killed his whole entire family and he's and upset he that he got protection. beat up in prison yeah. and he wants protection. Where was their protection? Right. Like that guy is he is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs that way. And he is he's young. Yes. Like thirty-five years old. Yeah, he is very young. He's got a long, long road ahead of him. Because I think he's already, he, and he's um from North Carolina. Yeah, and he um, he got three life sentences plus something. like I think it was like a total of 158 years or something. He ain't going anywhere forever. And that's a long life to be living in a prison. So, And it's not even that. When you look at this guy, he looks like a normal human being. That is the scariest thought of it. I know. I, well, that's the thing. What does what does a diabolical evil murderer look like? They just there's no markings. There's no mark. Yeah. Yeah. There's no there's no trait. We can't say oh it's it's all the people that have short pug noses. Like we can't even like there's no DNA. There's no markings. There's nothing. What causes and what goes through someone's mind just because you had an argument over your marriage? Well, I think it was more than that. He wanted out of his marriage, and he didn't want to have to go through the shame of divorcing his wife while she was pregnant. Like, yeah, and, and did he really think he sad. was going to get away with that? Like, what did you? What was he thinking? Like, okay, what did you think was going to happen next? Right. How did you see this ending? How did you see this going for you? Did you think that you were just going to ride off into the sunset with your new girl? And what happens when she gets pregnant, and then you find yet another girl? Like. Was yeah. this just the beginning? And Here on this site that I just found, it said uh, Chris had has since revealed in letters from prison that he had been planning to kill his family for at least a few hours before doing so. Oh, yeah. The letters were published in the 2019 book letters from Christopher, yeah. The Tragic Confessions of the Watts Family Murders by Cheryl Cannell, who struck up a correspondence with Chris Shirley after he was sentenced to life in prison in November 2018. Wow. That's awful. Wow. I feel like at yeah. that point, he probably was waiting for her to come home from her business trip. I think he had planned it, that when she got yeah. home, he was going to do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he had a plan for sure. Yeah. So I think she had been away on business. And so, you know, the last thing they have, the last picture they have of her is her walking into her home with her suitcase. Right. So I think he was planning it from the beginning. So I just, I, I shudder to think how long it took him. Was it five minutes? Was it two hours? Did she go on about her life and get a shower and go to bed like life is normal? Or did they argue? Like there's no telling. But for him to do that to his little girls, his flesh and blood, to me, it's beyond reprehension. It's beyond evil. It's the devil incarnate. Oh, yeah. So and the way he was acting that they that they went missing, they disappeared on their own. And then he was like, you know, he never went out and searched for her, but he kept going on TV saying, "Oh, I just want you to come home." But he never searched. He never joined in any of the searches. Nothing. 
Well, listen, Andy, this has been so much fun. It has been. It's been great to catch up with you, our Canadian friend. I feel like you're like our Canadian brother. It's so wonderful (laughs) to have you in our corner. And we are so proud and so honored to know you. And the fact that we've gotten to know you over social media and through a camera and and a speaker and a phone and not, you know, face-to-face. But I feel like I've known you forever. So we'll definitely have to do some more of these. We so appreciate you coming on. And everybody go out and find Andy's Move for Days cast. And then he's on Instagram. He's got a great following. He's got, he's so, you're so creative. And we, I love the content that you put out. So keep on chugging. Yes, indeed. Thank you, YouTube, man. It's been a pleasure. And anytime that we talk, even offline, it's always a great time too. <laughs> and I love, I actually too, like giving you guys information for your podcast as well. Thank you. Yeah. You've passed, you've passed a couple of good ones stuff. on. Yes. So we appreciate it. Keep them coming because we'll keep doing them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, like your, your podcast too. It really inspired me to like get back into the true crime. Good. Investigating shows and murder mysteries and unsolved. Well, and when COVID is over, we're going to get you into baking too. I hope so. I can't wait for your guys' uh, next baking adventure as well. That's right. And when the borders open too, I need to come. Yes, absolutely. And we'll be waiting for you. So listen, you take care. Be safe out there. Stay Stay sweet. sweet. Don't murder anybody because we don't want to have to talk about you. (laughs) Oh, I know. Oh, no. All right. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. Take care, guys. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.